O heavenly King, Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who are everywhere present and filling all things, the treasury of good things and the giver of life, come and abide in us, cleanse us from every impurity, and save our souls, O good one. Vasilev uranie paraklitet opnevma tisalithias opandaku paron ketapanda pliron, otisavros ton agathon ke zois horigos elthe ke skinos enimim, ke katharison imas apopasis kilidos ke soson agathe tasisitasimon. This is a prayer that you all know very well. A prayer that if you are aware of this practice within the church, we haven't been saying that since Pascha. Rather, we begin the Lord's Prayer during the time of Pascha by going straight to Christ is risen three times. And then after ascension, we go straight to Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal. And now today, we bring this beloved prayer back into our prayer life. Because today we receive the Holy Spirit. Today is the day of Pentecost, when the tongues of fire came upon the disciples, and we receive this blessed third person of the Holy Trinity. This prayer has great meaning. It talks about how the Holy Spirit is everywhere present and filling all things. And we ask that it comes to abide in us because this is the beginning of our spiritual life and the end of our spiritual life and everything in between is the Holy Spirit abiding in us. What's so important about the Holy Spirit? It's this third person of the Trinity that we don't quite know as much about. Although maybe for the last hundred years, Pentecostals and Charismatics have been trying to know the Holy Spirit a whole lot more. But the Holy Spirit is a mystery. We know the Father who is the Godhead, who is the originator of all that the Holy Trinity does. We know the Son and all of his acts upon the earth. And then there's the Holy Spirit, which Christ repeatedly anticipated, telling them that he would send the Spirit to us. And then on this very day, Pentecost, the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. You heard in the epistle today, it was quite remarkable. Some of the people who heard the, the apostles thought they were drunk. And some of them who heard the apostles were blown away by hearing their own native language spoken by the apostles. Both of these things were true. The Holy Spirit coming upon them in such a beautiful way. Now it may seem obvious that the Holy Spirit is very important to our spiritual lives especially the fact that every time that we pray, we pray the Lord's Prayer, and every time that we pray the Lord's Prayer, with the exception of these 50 days, we say, Heavenly King, Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. We say that entire prayer. So I'll talk about four ways in which the Holy Spirit is so essential to our spiritual lives. The first is that the fullness of the faith is given by the Holy Spirit. This is what occurred on Pentecost. This is what we celebrate on Pentecost. It's not the birth of the church, as it were, because the church always existed, but rather 
It is the receiving of the fullness, the entirety, the completeness of the faith. Everything of our spiritual life, of our desire to have communion with God, was given to the apostles on Pentecost. The church was complete from that moment. Now we can say historically there was growth, there were expansions, there were many other things that occurred within the church. But the fullness of what it means of how to commune with God, the fullness of the faith, that's what was given to the apostles. And this is what is given to each and every one of us in our baptism. They received everything. As the hymn says, it made the, the Holy Spirit made the fishermen most wise. St. John Chrysostom said that the Holy Spirit taught them all things, everything. They're fishermen, illiterate, unlearned, untrained. Certainly they were around Christ for those three years and learned much from him. But when you see what they did and what they accomplished and what they communicated, you see what a profound change occurred on Pentecost. In the hymn for the kneeling vespers, which we'll have later this day, there's a hymn, I mean, sorry, during the kneeling vespers, there's a hymn that goes, Now the comforting spirit has been poured out on all flesh, for beginning with the apostles, from them he extended grace to the believers by participation, wherefore noetically illumined in our hearts and made steadfast in faith by the Holy Spirit, we beseech that our souls be saved. What we have received in our baptism and what the apostles received on Pentecost is a fullness that the church describes as a phronima, the Greek word. And phronima is kind of like a mindset, a way of life, a, a disposition. It's a very inclusive word of the entire way of the life of the church. This is what we receive through the church. We don't just receive doctrines. We don't receive practices. We don't receive sacraments. These are all parts of that. But all of it together, everything together that we receive is the phronima, the mind of the church, you might say. And this is why the church always perseveres. You know, we've had heretics within the church. We've had schisms within the church. That divisions and ego and strife, no church is immune to that. But what we have is we have the mind of the church that overcomes all of that. It doesn't matter if someone, a, a lay person is saying something wrong, all the way up to the patriarch saying something wrong. The church will correct. Maybe not in our lifetime sometimes, maybe it takes time. But this mind of the church, that's the deposit that was given to the apostles. And this is what all of us are inheritors of, this fullness of the faith. You know, in St. Paul's epistles, at one point, he quotes Christ. He says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And if you look in the Gospels, it's nowhere in the Gospels. That quote doesn't exist. So how did St. Paul, who never met Christ receive the words of Christ that aren't written in the Gospels. It's a hint that there's something a whole lot bigger than simply the Gospels that teaches us about the life. Much greater than that. 
And St. Paul was a part of that, and all of the, the subsequent disciples and apostles and the faithful, starting at that day in Pentecost. So we receive, first and foremost, the fullness of the faith, the phronema of the church. We receive, secondly, through the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ. Our Lord said when he spoke to his disciples in the Gospel of John, for many chapters, he spoke to them. And one of the things he said is he said that you will do greater works than these, greater things than what Christ himself was doing. What happens here in the church, each liturgy, do you realize what's happening? The one God-man, Jesus Christ, who walked along the earth, who died and rose and ascended into heaven, one person, one flesh, one body, is multiplied over the entire earth. Every church that has a liturgy, Christ's very own body comes into this church. The same God-man. We receive his flesh. And this is accomplished by the Holy Spirit. When you hear the prayers later in the liturgy today, you'll hear when we ask that the Holy Spirit come down upon this bread and wine and make it to become the body and blood of Christ. So Christ is multiplied all over the world. And that multiplication, that's just the beginning of it. Because what happens? Each of you come up and receive the body and blood of Christ. And you become the body of Christ. By taking inside yourself the body of Christ. And so Christ is multiplied in a way that is hard to even comprehend how far this multiplication occurs. This is by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also gives us gifts. As we know from the epistles of St. Paul, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, the word grace is charis, and the word gifts is charisma. There's a close connection between these. The gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, the grace that the Holy Spirit gives us. And so he gives us these multitude of, of gifts. As St. Paul wrote, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Each of those words could be an entire homily by itself. But we are constantly receiving gifts from the Holy Spirit. When St. James said, and we say this also in the liturgy, that every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of lights. How do we receive that every good and perfect gift? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the mode through which the Trinity works within the church and within all of creation. And lastly, the fourth thing is in the word itself. The other word that we use for the Holy Spirit is paraklitos or paraklete. Comforter, it's sometimes tried to be translated into English. But that word is, it's not an easy word to translate. It can mean comforter, it can mean consoler, it can mean intercessor. And the Holy Spirit is all of these things. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need when we need it. When we ask for God to console us, to strengthen us through struggles. When we receive that, it's from the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that is always coming to comfort us. The Holy Spirit is close to us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. 
This is what St. Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans, about the Spirit interceding for us. Because we don't even know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit will make intercession for us. So we have this great friend in the Holy Spirit. We all know what it's like to be friends of Christ, to be brothers and sisters of Christ. But the Holy Spirit is no different from that. We must draw close to the Holy Spirit and say this prayer that we say. It's slightly unfortunate that this prayer is right at the beginning of our prayers. Because why? What usually happens? We jump right into prayers. We say, Heavenly King, Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, are ever present and filling all things. And then at some point, hopefully in our prayers, we start to wake up and realize that we actually need to put all of our mind and soul and heart into these words. So try to do this at the beginning. Because these prayer, this prayer to the Holy Spirit is so profound if you just take your time with it. Abide in us. Skinoso. It's the same word. It's like make a tabernacle inside of us. And then we have those three parts that we receive. Come, we're saying. That's the first thing, come. Abide in us. Cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls. It's like the steps. We ask him to come, to abide in us, to cleanse us. And what's the result? That we may be saved. So the Holy Spirit gives us the fullness of the faith. The Holy Spirit gives us Christ himself. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, his grace. And the Holy Spirit consoles us and comforts us. And we just have this one feast day, today and then tomorrow, the feast day of the Holy Spirit. So let these be very joyful days and remind us as we've had this departure from the prayer and we come back to the prayer that the Holy Spirit is ever with us and that the Holy Spirit gives us all things. We need to give space for the Holy Spirit. So this is the part of our equation. I've talked about everything, what the Holy Spirit does for us. But we ourselves are the only impediments to the Holy Spirit. No one else is an impediment. Or no one is an impediment for us. Nothing in the world is an impediment to the Holy Spirit except me. I'm a pediment, an impediment to the Holy Spirit because why? The space in my soul is filled with lots of other things. Wrong desires, selfish things, bitterness or anger that I hold on to, jealousy, anything, anything. I just fill my soul up with those things so there's no room for the Holy Spirit. So as I've said before, the path of all things is repentance. This is how we receive the Holy Spirit. We've got to get out the trash so that we can have room for the Holy Spirit to come in. And the way that we get out the trash is by saying to our Lord again and again, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. So may the Holy Spirit come on this blessed feast day to dwell in us, to abide in us, to make its tabernacle within us, so that we may be sanctified and saved. Amen. Let us all say with our whole song, with our whole mind, let us say. Yeah,
Lord Almighty God of our fathers, we pray to you, hear us, and have mercy. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your